but yet they understood who their audience was because it's a micro community. And in a space where you were learning about technology, um, I was on a panel, I was able to share, you know, my journey with a, a whole bunch of people and they could ask the rawest questions that you may not be able to ask everywhere. It was a real community and I've only been once and I felt very blessed to be in that kind of space. Great events create great brands, but pulling off an event that engages, excites, and connects audiences? Well, that takes a village, and we're that village. My name is Alyssa. I'm Paulina. I'm Rachel. And I'm Felicia. And you're listening to Great Events, the podcast for all event enthusiasts, creators, and innovators in the world of events and marketing. Hello, everyone. What is going on in the wide, wide world of events? My name is Paulina Giusti. Welcome to this week's episode of Great Events. I am joined today by our newest podcast host. I wasn't on the first episode of the year, so I'm really, really excited to have a conversation with Felicia today. We are going to be talking about a really exciting and fun topic. We're talking about Black History Month and all of the goodness from the history to the learnings, lessons, everything about it in terms of pop culture and, you know, how our events program, how our events industry is embracing, you know, Black people in events, Black history, and all of that goodness. So welcome to today's episode. Like I said, it's a celebration of Black culture through events. And, you know, so often podcasts, webinars, marketing campaigns, what have you, they take a moment to look at, you know, the, the Black community and, and look at it through a lens of, you know, the struggles or the challenges. And, Felicia came up with this great idea of let's talk about the successes. Let's talk about, you know, the fewer the the future, the go forward look as well. And so that's what we're going to focus on today. But before we do, I just also want to talk through this year's theme. It is African Americans and the arts. And well, we both love that. The arts are very impactful and influential in our lives. Felicia is a talented musical artist. She is a musician. I'm just throwing this out here. I mean, it just it just hit me. I'm like, how are we not talking about the arts even more? Um, but, you know, it's obviously had a major impact on Black Americans and, you know, the global Black community in terms of cultural movements, visual arts, music, like I said, and, and of course, events play a, a critical role in, in all of that. But Felicia, we were talking about focusing on the celebration aspect of Black history. Talk us a little bit about how that how that perspective is for you. Well, I, I kind of, I mean, I'm not going to say I came up with it. I'm sure other people are doing it too, but it was just that I remember, you know, throughout the past few years, it's kind of like, you know, come and share your pain, come and share your pain. And I said this on last year's podcast as well. And I was like, I'm not, do I'm not doing this anymore. I was on a panel once with a lady. It was like, I am so not here to be sharing my pain so that you can go, oh, like, it's just not fun. Um, and actually, it's just, you don't want to live in that feeling, right? You want to be like, okay, so now what? what where are we going to go from here? So I'm really happy that we're, we're here to discuss that and just think about, you know, what are those things that I've discovered along the way that I've been like, whoa, that's really pretty cool, you know? Um, and I remember when I was probably in my early teens, when the internet was being invented, um, yes, I'm that old. <laughs> in our school library, one of my friends was printing out papers of like black inventors. Um, and she gave me this paper on George Washington Carver. And I was like, whoa, and this is American history. So that's not even my history. And I discovered that he had made 300 products out of like peanuts and legumes, um, you know, 
wow, when did that happen? Um, or Lewis Latimer, who invented the light bulb filament. And I'd never heard of these people before. And it kind of took me from that. So we weren't just slaves moment to, you know, black people couldn't be useful. <laughs> I know it sounds mad. No, but you're right. Like, you know, it's it's interesting to think on how really important people kind of get not lost along the way, but their importance doesn't, you know, we have a duty to to kind of extend their impact on our own history. And and I think it's really, it's nice that you kind of tell that small anecdote of of you and your friend in the library and and, and just having that moment of, ah, these these guys did something really influential and and kind of extending that into a story today, right? And of course, we can do so much of that, um, you know, with current day, especially you know the the availability of storytelling. Um, you know, events are so much catered to storytelling, right? And so there's this extension of opportunity in sharing awareness and sharing information that I think is is really an interesting interesting way of thinking about things. Now, okay, I think you have like a little story about your daughter. And <laughs> so even for her, so I, I've been, you know, over the years, then I've watched films. And just like you said, that's like storytelling. I watched something back a couple of years ago about Madam CJ Walker making hair care products. And then my daughter recently was reading Hidden Figures at school. So all about, you know, Katherine Johnson and NASA, absolutely absorbed by it. And she was chosen to play Mary Seacole at school in her school play. And I couldn't be prouder. You should have seen the tears that were flowing from teachers, me, parents, as she's singing. And then they made her sing Beyonce's uh, Brown Skin Girl, you know, just like Pearls, as this Madam C.J. Walker. And um, sorry, not Madam C.J., Mary Seacole. And for those of you who don't know, Mary Seacole was a Jamaican nurse, helped during the Crimean War, saved a lot of soldiers, you know, and just telling me that story I had no idea I was like I was literally in tears Paulina I was like (laughs) and to hear it through your child's eyes through a younger generation's voice like that has a a, an astounding impact you know and I think it's just there's so much learning that we can do across generations across different cultures and it's just nice to hear these these stories I actually you know it's funny growing up we had now I'm blanking on the name, uh, her name. Julia Ward Howe wrote a famous song in American history. And I remember we had to dress up and do this sort of performative thing. And it was like a women in history kind of lesson. And I think I was in third grade, you know, I was eight years old. And there was something about it. And I remember telling, you know, performing and and doing this reading on behalf of Julia Ward Howe. And you know, kind of going to my dad and my dad being so proud, being like, okay, one, I've never heard of this woman. Two, I can't, you know, believe hearing the story through my daughter's eyes, you know? And so there's that, that layer to it as well. That's, that's really nice. I love that. That's amazing. And I was going to say like with that, you know, with, with her sharing that, I, I know it's, you know, we're talking about school and all that on an events podcast, but to me, that was an event. And that's the moment where, you know, people are learning, people are being educated through fun, through art, through singing, you know, from these young kids. And I just love it. And I think, you know, being able to see yourself slightly differently and see what you can achieve, I just think is you can't, you know, you can barely pay for that. And that's why I'm always encouraged every year. I see the Black in Events, you know, top 100 list. And, you know, here's a funny thing. We're very competitive as humans. So I was on the top 100 list last year, so I could be looking at that top 100 list. (laughs) 
So I could be looking at that top 100 list thinking, oh man, I wish I could be on it again. I'm not even, that is furthest thing from my mind. I'm like, oh, I wonder who that is. Oh, I didn't know that person. That person's in Luton. Luton's not that far from me. Alabama, you know, and I'm just like, and I'm trying to reach out to as many of them as I can just to say congrats, you know, and I think it's amazing. Like, I don't know if you'd ever seen the list before. No, I haven't seen the list, but I mean, I would love, we should definitely share that with our listeners after um, today's episode. I think something that, you know, we were also talking about before we hit record today was, you know, there is this notion of Black History Month and that these topics kind of live and breathe in the 28 days of, of, of this particular month. And I think for us, we kind of just wanted to have this, you know, informal, casual conversation between colleagues, between friends around, you know, what it means to us, how important it is to us, but by no means does this conversation end today. And we love for this to kind of, you know, give our listeners a sense of, you know, certain things that are important to us or give them insight or fun anecdotes like the story that you just shared, but know that there are going to be, subsequent conversations, you know, episodes three, four, five throughout the year on this topic, because it's certainly very important to us, particularly as, you know, we are community makers, if you will, as event professionals, we bring, you know, macro communities together. And then within that, we try to find these sort of subsets of smaller communities or micro communities. And I think, you know, for us, we're charged with a lot of calls to action, right? There's, you know, what are the attendees coming to your event for? But how are we also cultivating experiences that extend, you know, just not, not just knowledge on the product or the notion of, of why people are there, but how are people sharing stories of their, you know, ethnicity or stories of their culture, stories about how music and, and elements are impacting them on a day-to-day basis. And so I think that's where this conversation is just kind of growing legs and we're hoping to kind of keep it going throughout the year. So stay tuned, more conversations on this topic for sure, but let's keep talking. So, um, you know, in the spirit of talking about how events, you know, amplify Black stories and Black communities, talk to us a little bit about some events that you've perhaps attended in the past or been a part of that have really stood out to you. Yeah, I think the first one that came to my mind, and if they're listening to this, they'll be like, of course, was Black Tech Fest. So we partnered with them last year, so event partnered with them. And I was really glad we did because um, what we did, fair enough, we supplied event technology. And one of the things that we are saying, or we've kind of realized over the past year is we supply event technology. Okay, fine. We, we love it. It's good stuff. But actually, it's much more about what you just said, the micro community that the tech supports, you know, the moment that that tech supported. And if we had just done the partnership and I hadn't gone to the event, I'd be like, oh, that was a good thing to do. You know, we supported that moment for those people. But going and walking into Black Tech Fest was a vibe, Paulina. That's what I'm going to call it. That's, I'm going to use the young people's word and call it a vibe. Because from the Afrobeats music that was playing as I walked in to seeing people with kente cloth, which is a cloth from Ghana, and they were coming to a business event wearing themselves, wearing, you know, Afro hair, kente cloth. In my goodie bag that they gave me, I got traditional African food. I got something called Chin Chin. I got plantain crisps. You know, I got all sorts of stuff that I, I would go shopping for at my local, you know, store. Um, but yeah, they understood who their audience was because it's a micro community. And in a space where you were learning about technology, um, I was on a panel, I was able to share, you know, my journey with 
a, a whole bunch of people and they could ask the rawest questions that you may not be able to ask everywhere. It was a real community and I've only been once and I felt very blessed to be in that kind of space. And I know sometimes people say, well, why is it Black Tech Fest? Why do you have to have just a tech fest for the Black community? Why can't you just have tech fest? And I would challenge, but okay, we do all sorts of things for smaller communities, like women in leadership, for example. Like I know you've been to like women leadership sessions, both I'm sure within and outside of Cvent. Like, how does that make you feel when you're at those women in leadership sessions? Yeah, I think I think you bring up a really good point because when we are in the corporate world or corporate community, there are sort of these standardized barriers or walls that we put up in terms of how we network and how we communicate and how we feel com- what we feel comfortable sharing. And so, yeah, you know, when I'm in a, a women in leadership um, session or networking event, you know, there is this sort of innate desire to share and know that it's being received upon allied years or received upon empathetic years. And so just knowing that, you know, others who have either lived with what you're talking about or are living with what you're talking about, there's a, you know, those walls kind of come down and there's a different layer or way of communicating. And I can, I can totally hear that in your voice when, I mean, if the food, you know, food makes you feel kind of way just to begin with, right? So if it's food that speaks to you and your more like intimate community, I can imagine how the conversations just start to roll off the tongue, right? And I, I, I completely empathize with that. And, and I think, it's important to, though, call out that, yeah, we could have done a tech fest, but to appreciate and and show support for micro communities is also a statement in and of itself. And I think that it's not divisive. It's just we're, you know, securing that that community and supporting it. And I think it's yeah, I think it's really interesting. And I I hope you're going back. Are you going to go back this year? Does it I happen every year? Back. It does happen every year. I'm so excited. There's there's a couple of these types of events like the UK Black Business Show and Black Tech Fest. It, it was very inspiring. And I think, you know, that the feeling, that good feeling, like you said, often then says, well, actually, let me network more. Let me go back. Let me, you know, absorb more content. Let me follow them on their socials. And, you know, it's more than just that day. So like we were talking about longevity. I just think, you know, when you when you really try and put that back into context, that's what we're here to do. We're here to create long-term good feelings, good education, good networking. That is the purpose of it. And tech helps with that. We, we don't, oh wait, you know, we lo- I love the fact that Cvent Tech underpins all those good moments, all those good feelings, but it isn't, it isn't what you're there for. <laughs> Let's be honest with ourselves. We shouldn't say that with Cvent and be like, you're there for the tech. No, <laughs> I love that it helps to smooth away, but let's just not forget why we're here, you know, to shout about those voices and those moments that happen. I think it's awesome. Love that. Amazing. So Okay, beyond attending events, you also have a completely different part of your business where you have a speaker bureau. And I'm interested to hear, you know, what your experiences have been like on sort of the content curation side or, you know, being a vendor across different types of events, right? So beyond just black community oriented events, right? What what is the perspective from from that vantage point and that and and that sort of business view for you? It's been an interesting ride with the Speaker Bureau. I think we've had probably every spectrum. So we tend to, those types of events I was talking about, we tend not to actually get requested because the, 
the community is building in itself and people know people who know people. I think most of our requests have come from people that, if they're honest, they kind of say, we need to look more diverse. So that's kind of where it will start. I don't think it's their fault. I don't love it. I don't love that that's the starting point, but it is. And that's why we built our business in the first place, because we knew that that was a feeling like we need to look more diverse. Some people will say, I I need a difference of conversation. I need Mm -hmm. to add some perspective exactly to this conversation. And so do you have anyone that can speak on X topic? Those are the best inquiries you can get because immediately my brain starts thinking like, oh yeah, I know so-and-so they speak about this. I know. And that's, that's the richest kind of content that you can get, I think, because they're, they're the right person for the right job. There's a whole thing I've been listening to about quotas recently. I'm going to be a little bit controversial. In fact, I won't say any names. You, no, no way. You controversial, get out of here. <laughs> I won't say any names and therefore I'll keep myself well. But there was an airline recently that said, we are going to fill this quota of diversity. That's how I'm going to say it. And in pilots. And it was like, really? <laughs> because are they qualified? <laughs> and think like I love diversity man but you know I want to be safe on my plane um and so that's the that's not the good type of inquiry you don't want like hey let's just get some diversity up in this are they qualified are they good enough you know so we've had those inquiries a lot and you know that's not good content and it's the you're coming from the wrong place is there a teaching moment in that we do like so we definitely do I will always once I get those inquiries I'm like can we talk you know and I kind of say you know what is your event about who is it for what's the audience all the good questions you're supposed to be asking and they know the answers to the questions but it somehow breaks as soon as they think diversity it's like okay here's my event on the left let's just be good let's be right and go and find a good speaker you're like no (laughs) so so we're we're kind of blessed that when we open the diverse speaker bureau a lot of people put themselves forward even if they weren't they hadn't been speaking for like 10 years they were like I have a specialism and I think I could talk about that and I was like that's great that's also a good place to start from the speaker side because we can help you coach into making sure that your specialism is in the right place so I I love it it's actually one of the things that makes me happy some people think we're like a social franchise we do want to get paid out here just gonna tell you but I think we come across like that because we do it because it's a good, it is genuinely a good thing to do. Yeah, absolutely. And for those, I mean, you just sort of alluded to this a little bit, but for those who may be qualified to speak on a niche topic, you know, but they haven't necessarily entered the market because maybe they have some hesitations around, you know, what the experience will be like for them. You know, do you have any advice for, people on the speaker side, and then maybe we could talk a little bit of advice for those planning events who, you know, it's beyond the checkbox, right? And so what are what are ways that we can kind of arm listeners to say, this is how you should be thinking about your event from a DE&I perspective, or this is how to liaise and engage with speaker bureaus to ensure that one, you're coming from, you know, the, a good place too. And two, you know, let, thinking about this the right way. We don't want to be, you know, an industry of checking boxes. And I think we've said this across the board when it comes to accessibility, when it comes to women speakers, right? Like we want to be really thoughtful and intentional about incorporating a, a breadth of individuals as speakers at our program. So 
on the speaker side, what is your advice for, you know, entering the market, if you will? I mean, I could say so many things that I'll try and limit it. But I think, first of all, if there's an area of your life or your job or your work that you just know that you know, then you have to kind of internalize that. I know that. I know what I'm talking about. A lot of people start in a place of I couldn't and I can't because I'm not. Whereas you have to start from a place of, I know this and I know this and I know this. These are the things that I know that I know. And because of that, you're naturally going to be able to talk about those things well. So that then, once you approach a bureau like us, just tell us what you know. Say, I know how to pot plants. (laughs) It's what I know, right? (laughs) So one day someone's going to come to us and either, so two things can happen, either there's a plant potting conference and you're just the best person for it, or what we can do is also help you turn that into metaphors that help people to understand how to do something else. You can always transfer those skills, right? So I think there's a, I'm, ultimately I'm saying be confident in yourself, but I'm saying it in a way that hopefully I'm giving you some tips on, okay, well, how do I start that confidence? Know that you know what you know. That's how you start. <laughs> Love that. Love that. Okay. And then for those on the event planning side, um, you know, maybe they aren't working with speaker bureaus. Maybe they're not working with speaker bureaus that represent um, broad communities. So in that case, check out Felicia's speaker bureau, one. And then two, think about partnering with a speaker bureau. There are tons of benefits um, to it, let alone, I mean, not just the pool of talent that they have access to, but, you know, they're also great collaborators to give you know, you can give someone the themes of your conference, the theme of your day and or just topics of a session that you have in mind and they can come back to you. And just like Felicia was suggesting, you know, that we can turn a story into a metaphor. They can do similar, you know, elements for how you think about a particular general session or how you think about a particular network, you know, hosted networking activity. So what what would your advice be for event professionals, Felicia? I would say just be good. I mean, like with anything, it's your brief. Your brief is everything. Your brief has to say more than, oh, I just thought I'd have a diverse speaker. Your brief is kind of like, I want a speaker who can. And the aim of working with someone like us is that we are going to find you a speaker from our books. That's it. All the speakers on the books have some kind of diversity. You know, we're a little bit biased in that we just won't necessarily have people on our books that don't have a diversity because we want to make it a little bit like how to put it different like you could go anywhere and get you know any person but we want to make sure that we're giving our speakers a chance to to be present and then you are comfortable enough to say this is the brief the brief is they need to speak on x topic that's the brief because my conference looks like this my audience looks like this just write the brief well and then when that comes into us we will find you a speaker so quickly Uh, it's just, it's so much easier. Um, Some people even come with the person that they want because they've already done some kind of research that says this person aligns with my theme. Can you find them? And I'm very good at finding people. (laughs) (laughs) She is. She absolutely is. And if she's in case, if, if we can't find someone, you know, it at least gives us a really great direction on who is similar to that person who has the same similar story or, Um, Yeah. So I think all of that's some really great advice. Okay. Shifting gears a little bit. So I just like this concept of local heroes, people who are connecting communities, people who are 
you know, certainly leading the change by way of storytelling, by way of sharing. Felicia is certainly that to me. Um, and, you know, I sit in Washington, D.C., and she is all the way across the pond in in England, right? So, it, you know, it's really, I think we're at a really unique time in everyone's lives where, you know, we're celebrating Black History Month across the globe, right? And And that can mean different things to different communities. I think, you know, we celebrate celebrate Black History Month very differently in Washington, D.C. than they probably do, you know, in, in, in London or maybe not. And I think what's really fun is that Felicia and I can bounce each other, you know, ideas off of each other. I'm telling her things that are happening here. She's telling me how they celebrate over in London. And I think what's interesting is there's also all of these resources that we share because of where we're employed too, right? And I think there's a lot of, you know, initiatives that are happening across organizations, across industries, call them ESG initiatives. But, you know, Felicia, what are some areas that help you connect with other communities, with other colleagues? I feel like that's something that we can certainly share with listeners to say, you know, if you're kind of celebrating by reading, if you're celebrating by posting, it's kind of like this passive experience, passive celebration, which is not by no means is there judgment upon that, right? Like we're just, you know, learning and absorbing is all really, really great. But if you're in a position to celebrate actively and create new relationships and tell new stories, what would you tell others who are in a place to kind of take their celebration to the next level? So, I mean, and that's very sweet of you, Paulina, by the way, like a uh, local hero. I don't know. Um, <laughs> you are. You're my global local hero. Okay. <laughs> I love it. But I think the first thing I I have, so I'll start with what do I have that helps that? So I have the, you know, blessing to work for a company that is a global company. And that means that I have a lot of American colleagues, black American colleagues, and, you know, I'm able to talk to them every time this time comes around and say, oh, what are you guys doing? What are you seeing? We're sharing a lot of stuff with each other. We get to talk to each other. Um, I learned a lot. I learned, I, I can't even, I'm, I was about to tell a story. I can't even because the stuff I've learned, it's been interesting, let's just say. Um, <laughs> but that I think is is really cool. And not everybody has that in their workplaces where they have that local, low you know they just don't local did you just make that word no it's an actual word glocal is it oh my gosh I love it okay (laughs) um so so that's what I I have and then in amongst the culture I have a mentee so my mentee wonderful wonderful woman that she is and I won't say anything I don't want to embarrass her but I again I'm going to use the word blessed I feel blessed to have her and she told me the other day she really made me want to cry that you know how much me being a mentor to her has meant to her and I was like, oh my gosh, you don't know how much having you as a mentee has meant to me. And she's in America. Like we don't, we haven't even really met other than virtually. So again, what can tech do to help this kind of stuff? And she got on stage recently and just blew people away with an emotional story. I just, you know, I'm crying back in my house with my kids. And she was one of those people that said, I can't, I don't know that I can do that. And she said, I don't know if I can do that like you. And I was like, what, what are you talking about? You've got, you've got it. Just, just go. She did it. She brought the house down. She was unbelievable. Uh, unbelievable. So that really enriches me to have, you know, that community across the pond. And then locally, I mean, I've always got my squad locally. That's just, you know, as helpful. And um, 
what's cool is that Black History Month is celebrated now in, in February in the US, but it does transcend across the ocean. And then we have a Black a British Black History Month that happens in October. So that thing you said about, hey, let's just go do next one, next one, next one until we get to October. We could just keep this going. <laughs> keep it going. I, it doesn't have to not. just live in one month. <laughs> exactly. But I just think, you know, if companies find ways, like we use Slack, we use all sorts of things to try and find ways to come together. We're sharing music. We're doing all sorts. I shared, I remember I shared some clips from, oh, some ratchet show I was watching and I couldn't understand what the people were saying <laughs> because they had such thick American accents. So I was like, hey, team, what is this? And they were like, oh, we can interpret that for you. <laughs> it's just fun. Like, and this is why I said I wanted this episode to be about celebrations, people, seeing yourself, enjoying, sharing music, all of these things. The culture is rich. And yes, sometimes we have to talk about things that aren't great, but more often I just want to lift people up and I want people to lift me up too. So that's where I'm going to land that. <laughs> I love it. Well, I think that's a nice stopping point for today's conversation. You know, it's always a pleasure to just chat with Felicia, but I think today's celebration of Black History Month to be extended across many months um, in the future um, has been has been a real treat. And we hope that you enjoyed today's conversation and we'll catch you at the next one. Thanks so much. Bye. Thanks for hanging out with us on Great Events, a podcast by Cvent. If you've been enjoying our podcast, make sure to hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. And you can also help fellow event professionals and marketers just like you discover great events by leaving us a rating on Apple, Spotify, or your preferred podcast platform. Stay connected with us on all your socials for behind the scenes content, updates, and some extra doses of inspiration. Got a burning question or an epic story to share? We want to hear from you. Find us on LinkedIn and send us a DM or drop us a note at greatevents at cvent.com. And a big thanks to our amazing listeners, our guest speakers, and the incredible team behind the scenes. Remember, every great event includes great people. And that's a wrap. Keep creating, keep innovating, and keep joining us as we redefine how to make events great.